What's going on and welcome into the Monday edition of the Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek. I'm Daniel Salerson alongside my co-host Jim Eichenhofer of Pelicans.com. We're about to wrap up our NBA draft preview going through picks 1 through 12 as the Pelicans will select 13th overall in the 2020 NBA draft on Wednesday, November 18th. Helping us wrap things up is Jason Jones who covers the Sacramento Kings in the NBA for The Athletic. Jason, we're, we're just about here. How are you? Good to talk to you. I'm good. It is a very weird draft season. I'm not used to <laughs> mid-November drafts, but yeah, it just feels like this thing is taking forever to get here. But I mean, hey, this year is taking forever, so can't complain too much. I think we're all rushing to get to 2021, that's for sure. And I think we're all kind of ready to get some some basketball going here again. So we're having you on because the Kings will select 12th overall, but we were having a hard time getting a, a Spurs rider for, for pick number 11. I just don't think they're used to uh, talking about the NBA draft lottery because they haven't been in it in such a long time. How weird <laughs> is it uh, seeing the Spurs right in front of the Kings there, knowing that they will have a pick in the top 14 this year? Yeah, you know, first off, you know, I am a lottery expert. Uh, okay. <laughs> the Kings have missed the playoffs, what, 14 straight years? I've, you know, when the combines in Chicago, I know my way around. Everyone knows me because, well, that's where I am every year. So it is, I'm pretty sure the sport Spurs people have no, it's like, what is this? You know, what do you mean? You know, we don't have to wait till the 20s before we pick. But <laughs> I think a lot of people have kind of predicted the Spurs would be here in the last couple of years, whatever, just kind of figured at some point. You can't keep it up forever, but they somehow always manage to, you know, get in the playoffs one way or another. But it's it's definitely weird. But even with them, they've got a lot of young guys, you know, some young guards on that team. So I think even through not being in the lottery, they've set themselves up to where they get a good player now. You know, they may not be down very long, which would be kind of the Spurs thing to not be down. So yeah, it's different, but. It's weird because the NBA cycle normally hits everyone at some point, and you got people who live their entire lives have never seen the Spurs not in the playoffs. So this is definitely a change. Yeah, Daniel. Yeah. Daniel, I think we I think we messed up. We should have told whoever the prospective Spurs guests were that we could set them up with Jason, and he could give them, you know, the advice <laughs> that they need. He could kind of walk them around. I never thought about the Chicago Combine part of it. I've I've been there a few too many times myself. Although there was a few years where the Pelicans didn't make the playoffs and they also didn't pick in the lottery. So I skipped it a few times, but um, we should have, we should have, I should have thought of that before we could have had maybe like a counseling session where Jason, you know, can run through everything with them. Yeah. I tell them all they need to know let them know it's going to be okay. You can plan your, your, your off season vacations. No worried about all oh, man. What if they get to the second round? No, you know, when your season ends, <laughs> Very true. I guess this is good that we're going to call you draft lottery expert Jason Jones with us here on the Pelicans podcast. Um, before I get to Jim real quick, let's talk about pick number 12, because obviously the Pelicans and their fans have a lot of interest in pick number 12, just because it's right before New Orleans as of now. Um, what are the Kings looking at at pick number 12? You don't really have to go into specific about a player, but is this a, a type of pick where they go by a position that they need? Or is this, you know, we've been asking everyone, are they going to more look at a, a best available type of approach? It's kind of different for me because the Kings have a new GM in Monty McNair. And in the previous regime, it was almost like a wild card. You really didn't know which way they were going to go. You know, a few years ago, everyone said Luka Doncic is the, the clear pick. They go Marvin Bagley. You know, they had a chance a couple of years ago to take Bam out of bio or Donovan Mitchell. 
you know, they trade down and take Justin Jackson and Harry Giles. So you, you really never know what they're going to do. But I think for, their, for what they need, it's got to be best player available. I'm a big believer in you're not in the lottery because you're a player away. You can afford to say, you know what, I've got a point guard. I'm going to pass on this guy because I have one. Pick the best player. But I think in their ideal situation, the best player would be a wing guy, a 3 and D type player to help, I mean, to help with some defense. Just because right now, you know, their, their best perimeter defender is Harrison Barnes. And Harrison can't guard every single wing they play. And they ended up using Corey Joseph to help him with that. And they acquired Kent Bazemore, but that's 6'3 and 6'4. And that's probably generously listed as 6'3 and 6'4 for uh, Bays and Corey. So you need some wings, some guys who will at least, you know, help you defensively. So I think in an ideal situation, they'll find them a guy around 6'6, 6'7, can defend multiple positions and kind of grow into that role for them. Jason, you mentioned uh, just now a couple of the young guys that they're trying to build around, including Bagley. What is your evaluation of their young core? I mean, did they make enough strides last season that you you feel confident that this group of guys is is something that is promising, or is it is it kind of still up in the air? Partly because of the injuries. I know Bagley has missed a lot of games, and and uh, Bogdanovich missed a decent amount of games as well last year. What what is your what's your uh, evaluation? I guess of the just this young group of guys that they have. I think of all of them, De'Aaron Fox has the the all star potential. But Bagley only played 13 games last season. I mean, it's I can't – when he played as a rookie, he still missed, I believe, 20 games as a rookie. But toward the end of that rookie year, you started to see flashes of a guy who could be a 20-10 and 10 guy. Mm-hmm. But last year, you know, a, a big part of what they had planned to do as a team was built around Bagley's athleticism, the idea that you had a, a big – you would start him at the four, but he would play a lot of five. And then they would just run teams because – between Fox and Bagley, you've got two supreme athletes, and most people, most bigs aren't going to want, want to run with Marvin Bagley for an entire game. But they just never got a chance to do it because of the injuries. Marvin got hurt the first game of the year. And when he came back, he was coming off the bench, and then he started starting again. Then he re-injured his, injured his foot, got hurt again. So it's hard to put a real read on Marvin just because he really hasn't played. And I know everyone I've talked to there believes that he's still going to be a good player. He's still young. Just got to let him get healthy. I know in the, in, in the NBA bubble, they were really hopeful that he would be able to come in and help him out and got hurt again. So from what I, everything I hear, he's healthy now. He feels good. So got to keep him, got to try to keep him together. And then like Bogdanovich is a restricted free agent. So, you know, Buddy Hill's under contract. He hasn't really been happy, but they committed a lot of money to Buddy already. And I don't know how you can commit you know, the, the big contract to Buddy and also Bogdanovich. So they got some decisions to make. On how, you know, how much further can this, you know, this nucleus they've, they've put together, or should I say Vlade Divac put together, how far can it go? Is it going to maybe max out as a 35-win team? If that's the case, you might have to look at, you know, do we let Bogdanovich go? Do we do a sign and trade? Do we maybe trade Buddy just because as much as we love Buddy's shooting, Buddy's, you know, 27 going on 28. Know, 27 28 range how much better is he going to be and maybe we can start to build this thing again i know the fans that drives them crazy because you're looking at 15 16 years out of the playoffs with you know 16 would be the nba record mm-hmm. so that they don't want that but this is a new regime they can't worry about that because that's you know they weren't here for the last 14 years they got to worry about what they can do going forward and if you miss it for a couple more years and then make it for 10 straight years maybe you you know you're okay with that sure 
um, you, you alluded to this briefly as far as that it sounds like they wanted to play really fast or, or faster. I think one of the, the last season, one of the things that really surprised me when I looked at Sacramento's numbers last year, the Pelicans played them twice in the bubble. So they were a team that we focused on. Was it, I was very surprised to see that they were only 19th in pace. Mm-hmm. How much of that was because of injuries and how much of going forward are, and now Alvin Gentry's, you know, on the coaching staff there as well as a lot of people know. Um, how, how much of, of the plan do you think it is that they want to try to play faster, especially with the point guard that they have, who's one of the quickest guys in the league? Yeah, the pace thing was really weird last season. It was a few things. One, De'Aaron got hurt earlier in, in, in November. That, that You know, and you can't go from De'Aaron Fox to Corey Jokes and expect Corey to play like De'Aaron. Sure. Secondly, there was kind of an edict, so to speak, from the front office. They wanted to see the team work on half-court execution, slow things down, work on a little bit, no, slow it down, work on the execution because they felt like the season before run the reason they missed the playoffs was because when teams slowed them down, they had no answer. They couldn't execute in the half court. And the plan was to kind of work on that and then eventually speed them up over the course of the season. You know, then De'Aaron gets hurt. <laughs> and then you don't have Marvin with another big part of that plan to get up and down the court. So I expect between having a year under Luke Walton and with Alvin being there, you know, I've, you know, I follow Alvin's career, obviously follow him down in new Orleans, Alvin's team, nowhere Alvin Gentry has been in the last, what, 20 years has that team been slow. Yeah. <laughs> so I expect that that will pick up and that'll help De'Aaron. And I think another thing too, is that if they can get another ball handler to go with De'Aaron, that would help, help them play faster. So, but it's definitely going to be an emphasis they, you know, Lucas said he wants to play fast. He just said that there were times last year where if you play too fast while De'Aaron's out, you wear Corey Joseph out. And they were asking Corey to be their point guard and basically their best on-ball defender. So, I mean, the injuries definitely played a part in it, but I think a lot of it is, too, is the guys got to also run. So there were times where they would get the ball and walk. And they weren't being – they would just do it. So it's got to be a constant emphasis, and I think what they got – previous years was at least the previous season was they were drilled run 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 on makes run on misses and they got to get back to that jason before i let you go here this is going to be one crazy week for everyone covering the nba fans of the nba employees of the nba just the fact that we're on this monday the trade moratorium has been lifted then you have on wednesday the nba drafted on friday free agency can begin uh, when you're talking about how busy this week's going to be as far as trades are concerned do you, do you expect a lot of trade activity, especially with the salary cap saying pretty much where it was at last last year? Do you expect a lot of trade activity, whether it's today through Wednesday, um, leading into the draft? I do, just because the cap is kind of stay where it is, and that might be the fastest way for teams to make improvements right now. Is you know two, three, four team trades, and there won't be the same type of money out there in free agency. So maybe guys will opt in. Maybe some guys won't decline, will pick up their player options and do so knowing that the team they're picking up the option was going to trade them somewhere else. There's going to, there's going to be a lot of different type of uh, moves that'll come up this year or this week. <laughs> this is just, this is just yeah. crazy. You know, this, this is going to be a whirlwind week and then knowing how this business works, there'll be a bunch of trades on Thanksgiving probably. So <laughs> You'll have something to talk about be, at the be, table, right? Yeah, it should be a fun couple of weeks because, you know, right after that, we're, boom, right in the train account. Yeah, absolutely. That's Jason Jones, who covers the Sacramento Kings in the NBA. Draft lottery expert uh, for The Athletic. Jason, how can folks follow you on Twitter? 
uh, Mr. Underscore Jason Jones, where if you're on my, if you're following me, we're going to have fun. Just be ready. We're going to have fun. So as someone who follows him, that, that seems to be the case when, when seeing your tweets, I appreciate the time here. Enjoy this week. I know you're not going to probably get a lot of sleep, but it's going to be crazy, but it's also going to be a lot of fun. I really appreciate it, Jason. Oh, no problem. Anytime guys. Good stuff there again from Jason Jones at the athletic. It's funny, Jim, we just talked about how he expects a flurry of activity between now and Wednesday. And we really can't get into what just happened, but already a trade um, trade being uh, announced on Twitter, of course, uh, won't be by teams, but of course, Adrian Wojnarowski, you look at Shams and Terrania and Mark Stein. Those will be the three main ones, but already right after we get done taping with Jason Jones, there's already a trade going through. This is, this is going to be a wild couple of days. Yeah, it was so funny. I didn't want to interrupt him, but literally right at the end, I started seeing text messages and and uh, I saw the report of it's not related to the Pelicans, but it's in the Western Conference. And uh, it's yeah, it's going to be it's going to be something else to watch. I feel like um, he he at one point he said year when he said this is going to be a crazy year. And it was like, well, we're packing the whole year into yeah. a few days. So. I'm, I'm curious to see, I know with the trade moratorium thing lifted today, I, I think it's going to depend on salary cap logistics and stuff like that ramifications, but I wouldn't be surprised if some of this stuff is, does get officially announced in the next day or so. So uh, boy, it's going to be, it's going to be crazy to, to watch and, and uh, here we go. Let's get, let's get going. I'm sure my wife's going to enjoy me being on Twitter 24 hours a day, these <laughs> next three days, but that's the way it goes. Here And as kind of you all know, you know, we really can't discuss anything until it goes official with the team. So as much as we want to talk about everything going down, we'll stay away from it until it, it actually goes official. But once it does, we'll be happy to break it down on the podcast or anywhere on pelicans.com. We will have a draft preview tomorrow. No more talking about other teams. We'll focus on the Pelicans. We'll do so with Christian Clark, who covers the team for the TimesPickingNola.com, the advocate. So he'll come on and break down what to expect on Wednesday night. Then we'll have a post draft recap on Thursday with Jim and myself, as we'll break down everything that went down as long as it is official. And we can talk about it because, you know, draft day trades sometimes don't go through for another couple of days. And then we'll kind of get you going with free agency and all that next week uh, during the Thanksgiving week. So buckle up Pelicans fans, buckle up NBA fans. This should be one heck of a week. And we hope you can join us on every podcast, especially this week. But until tomorrow with Christian, for Jim Eikenhofer, I'm Daniel Salerson. Thanks for listening to the Pelicans podcast presented by Seeky.